0: Black voices are making an impact this month and beyond. Keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows, courtesy of Acast Recommends. There's a lot of misinformation out there, but the truth remains indisputable. I'm Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and every day I'll be bringing you a full dose of truth on my show, Indisputable. We cover criminal justice, social justice, politics, racism, police brutality, and everything in between. I even make space for conservative voices, but not before they step into the bullpen, where I debate them on their policy agenda in january i hosted they called him radical a special tribute to dr martin luther king jr it features myself senator nina turner ricky smiley and sharon reed together we reflected on martin luther king jr's legacy his real legacy and considered what we can all do to continue to fight for a better world listen to indisputable and they called him radical on apple podcasts
1: Acast helps creators launch grow and monetize their podcasts everywhere acast.com Poor performance mixed with isolation leads Kelly Ann into a potential death spiral of paranoia. What a hell of a drug it is. Plus, John A. is the top draft pick. Bananas is the third draft pick. Did I mention we had a challenge draft? Hell yes, we had a challenge draft. Wes's school of strategy is in session. Sarah remains a certified mob boss. Yes, makes a rare political appearance. And Nelson and Jujuy are the most fun-loving, possibly wonderful team that stands no shot in this game. It's the Challenge World Championships Episode 2 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to the Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in the Challenge universe, and we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollabaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me today on this Thursday morning, where we are back To recap, World Championships episode number two, because this dum dumb over here forgot that there was going to be two episodes in week one, so here we are. We covered the premiere episode in all its glory yesterday. We're back here today to cover episode two. Hopefully, you yourself have now watched both of those episodes. If you are listening to this podcast, I certainly encourage you to have watched both of the episodes. It's very appreciated if you haven't and you're just tuning in for the good fun of it, but... Definitely watch them, then listen. That's the best order of operations around here. But we've got Episode 2, World Championships, to cover. And then next week, we'll be back, I believe, to one episode a week. Those recaps will be out midday Wednesday, assuming the episodes continue to come out as early in the wee hours of the morning on Wednesdays as they did this first week. So that's what we're here to do today. Only other programming reminder, Survivor Episode 2 was last night, which... Of course, the challenge would drop two episodes and be caught up and now just be on the exact same schedule as Survivor. Why would they ever try to, you know, mix and match, go opposite seasons of each other? Although at this point, there is no off season for the challenge with as many episodes and seasons as there are. But I digress. Survivor. Episode two was last night. This season is off to a great start. If you're a Survivor fan, definitely check out my recaps with Paige over on Most Likely Two. Those come out on Saturday morning. Survivor Saturdays, they're back. Now, Challenge Wednesdays are back just the same as they've kind of actually never left. So I guess you can't be back if you never left. I don't know. Anyways, there's a lot to get to. So let's go ahead and dive in. Same agenda as usual. Storylines first, awards second, predictions third. Here we go. The first storyline, and it just has to be first, is a big ol' thank you and round of applause for the Challenge production team, the editing team, the producers, just everyone involved with making this show for this reason. It feels like they finally, finally are listening to the fans a little bit. There's a couple small changes here that we're starting to see with this season that I really, really appreciate. And I know a lot of fans out there really appreciate it, although they may be super duper small and ultimately kind of inconsequential. It does help just kind of remind us of, you know, what the challenge has always been and things that we always liked and never understood why they were maybe removed. I'm talking about things like an introduction sequence. There is an intro sequence now. We didn't see it in episode one because they didn't want to reveal the teams quite yet, but now that we have our pairs, we get a full-blown little intro sequence It's, you know, if I were to grade it and rate it compared to other historically amazing or awkwardly horrible amazing, like, you know, dual 2's intro sequence, something of that nature, it, you know, it doesn't quite stand up to those. The best one of all time, I believe, is uh, Fresh Meat 1, TJ playing the video game as if the players are characters in a video game. I love, love, love that one. But I just love that there's an intro sequence. And again, it's probably ultimately inconsequential to the show, but uh, I know there's Lots of others out there that are like bring these back in whatever form you can put together, and they put one together, and it was fun, and I liked it, and I enjoyed that it was there, and it kind of sets the stage for the episode, reminds us who all the teams are, that sort of thing. So thanks for bringing it back. Other thing they brought back team jersey colors, which we're gonna get into this whole team thing because the word team is used a lot by TJ in particular. We're gonna touch on that later, but they at least have the four different, you know, they're not all wearing the same thing at the daily challenge. Again, is this the smallest, most inconsequential thing? Yes. But is it also something that I wanted and that I saw many, many fans always clamoring for like what happened to everyone wearing a different color shirt to the daily challenge, just because they're on different teams, they're different pairs, this, that, or the other. I don't know whatever happened to it. It went to all one color and now here we are, we've got different color jerseys and it makes a difference. I don't know why it makes a difference. It's so small, it shouldn't, but it does. And it feels like they listened a little bit or they at least if they didn't hear it from us, they had the ideas themselves. They were like, "What, you know, what are small little things we can do to make it look a little bit more like, you know, the challenge of 5 years ago and 10 to 15 seasons ago, and they're starting to make a few of those changes. And I very much appreciate them and just want to give them a round of applause. We also have, you know, other things that aren't quite as small we got last place goes into elimination straight away. No doubt about it. That's how it's going to be. We have, we've only really had the one ride or dies most recent season where that became an issue. Um, but I think we had on a few other flagships before that. And it's just good to make sure that they know like, Hey, Format-wise, that that has to be one of the rules. If you take that away, it really screws up things in a major, major way. It doesn't actually add anything with more teams getting voted on, anything like that. It it takes things away, disincentivizes all the things. So we've got that. We've got an episode that's mostly the house that they don't try to cram like, Hey, we got to do this draft. And so if you did the draft plus the daily challenge, plus the elimination in a 40 minute episode, suddenly you don't have much time for anything else. That has been a gripe of fans and this podcast host in recent seasons, certainly. And so they're like, we don't have to do that. We don't have to stick to that. We have the draft. Okay. That's kind of one sport thing. We'll have the daily challenge. That's our second sport thing. We won't have the elimination yet. We'll actually give you some time in the house, give you some interesting things that are happening between between people in the house so all of that it's so good and just hallelujah thank you to the challenge production you get rightfully most of the time i think any time i've critiqued uh you know maybe 75% rightfully 25% uh maybe i should get off my high horse and leave you alone you're doing a job that if i ever actually got the chance to do i would have no idea what to do so Thank you to them. They deserve their praise when they get things right the same way as they deserve criticisms when they get things wrong. And so far this season, they are getting everything right. They're making a bunch of little changes that I really appreciate and I know other fans appreciate too. So... Thanks for the intro sequence. Thanks for the team jerseys. Thanks for last place goes to elimination. Thanks for an episode where you actually didn't try to just rush back into the elimination from a daily challenge. You actually gave us some interesting things going on at the house. Some low-key, low funny, little interesting moments with some of the different cast members. So thank you, thank you, thank you to the production team now let's dive into what actually took place this episode starting with where we knew the episode would start the draft we of course had a draft we knew based on the trailer for the rest of the season what the results of the draft would be we talked about that at the very end of the episode one recap podcast so if you didn't you know if you stuck around for those spoilers we everything was as we thought it would be based on that trailer but even so It was still awesome. It was still fun because guess what? A draft is still remains undefeated in the world of the challenge. And they had to do it there. It was either they spoil it for us by showing us that trailer or they don't show us a trailer. And I probably get upset about that. I'm like, what the hell can we get? Can we get anything here? So I don't know which way I would have preferred better. I think it worked out just fine because again, the draft was really fun. couple highlights. First one, John a first overall draft pick John a, if you would have told me, I don't know how many years ago it's, you know, like rivals era, X's era, you know, mid 20 seasons was at this point, like six years ago, whatever it was. If you would have told me in John A's third or fourth season of doing the challenge, been like, Hey, five, six, seven years from now, they're going to do this thing called world championships. It's going to be all the best players, mostly basically only winners and like the best of the best. And there's going to be a draft of the new people picking all of these legends of the game. And John A is going to be the first overall draft pick against the likes of a bunch of other really good people i would have been like you're crazy i think john a would have been like you're batshit crazy i think any fan of the show would have been like there's no way that happens like john A is really fucking awesome but like come on they, what, what are we talking about is she even going to be invited to such a thing this hypothetical championship level thing and now here in 2023 it has happened and you know it's totally deserved which is the craziest part of all of it it's not just some random thing that happened like it's real. It's deserved. She's the appropriate first pick. I'd maybe, maybe if I'm Grant, like think hard about Casey or Tori, but I think John A is the perfect pick. She's proven multiple times over three times in a row at this point on all stars that like the endurance part anything that is a part of a final she's got in the bag she could do it she's won back to back she is proven to truly earn the title of a puzzle master which i don't like giving out lightly because i think puzzles are such a subjective thing where anyone could trip any person up but she's even overcome my you know my my barriers of like I don't want to give that label just to a bunch of people here you really have to earn it and deserve it with a long standing reputation she has done so she's the best at it she then proves it again in this episode and as far as the legends go From a, She has the mix of her social political game is good any season, regardless of who she is in the house with. And in this particular group of legends, she has as good of inroads as anyone not named Wes on the legend side of being able to make really strong friendships out of who is in the house. So, Janae's first pick, who would have seen it coming, you know, way back when, but now we're here. Now it's deserved. It's a wonderful moment for her. Other thing to point out. Who was not picked first on the men's side, who was not picked second on the men's side? That was Bananas, who went third. And yes, it's a little editing trick to like just pull the worst, you know, the moment from them standing down there where he looks the most sad or dour or whatever. Maybe that was in the moment that Jordan was picked second or Wes was picked first. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just some random moment because they stood down there forever with cameras on them forever. Who knows? But either way, it's definitely a little bit of an ego blow. It's definitely a little bit of a like, Yeah, if we're trying to think of like best ever, who's the best now in present day, like it's correct. Wes is the right first pick. Jordan's the right second pick. Bananas is the right third pick. If a certain someone with uh, two letters for a first name was there, he would likely be the first pick or second pick. I I still think Wes would be the first pick even if CT was there. I really do. I think he would be. Um, So that's a little bit of ego blow. Bananas is going to have to deal with that. But I do think it's as much about being partners with Bananas and have like the the actual relationship of that as it is like actual gameplay or social political standing in the house. I think it's like it's a little more fun to be Wes's partner and hang out with him. It might even be more fun to be Jordan's partner and to hang out with him than it is bananas. So that's a little blow. And then Kellyanne and Nelson as the last pick. Kellyanne tough to say who should have been the last pick on the women's side. It's a pretty even across the board with a lot of them, but she does prove in this episode why she probably deserved to be the last pick. And we'll of course talk about her a bunch in a few minutes. Nelson on the other side was the obvious last pick. And I'm glad that he knows exactly what all of us fans know as they do Of like, yeah, there's no shame in that. Look at the list of people. It makes sense that you would be at the bottom of that. It's not because you're some like horrible player and no one likes you. It just, there's there's seven of you to pick from, and look who the seven people are. Someone's going to be last, and I'm glad he takes it that way um, because that's how I took it as well. As for the teams themselves, the teams we get officially are Grant John A., Zara and Wes, Ben and Casey, Kaz and Jordan, Danny, Torrey, Justine, Bananas, Benhan, Jody, Ke- Kiki and Darrell, Rodrigo, and Naya, Emily and Yes, Troy and Amber, Sarah, Theo, Tristan, Kellyanne, Jajui, and Nelson. If I look at all those groups now that they are official and think front runners, I think the five teams that stand out above the rest of me are Zara West, Ben and Casey, Danny Tory, Torrey, Justine Bananas, Sarah and Theo. They've got the most well-rounded teams. They have bring one of them, if not both, bring all of the strengths added into a challenge championship duo that you would need. Very few weaknesses and where you see the weaknesses, they're maybe covered up by the other partner. Good political, social standings possible within the house, the whole thing. Those five teams, I would bet that the winner comes from them. The two teams that I think are the sneakiest that might be under the radar threats to win this whole thing, Troy and Amber, the first one, which is is my favorite team. I'm rooting for them a hundred thousand percent to win. Uh, I'm going to give Troy the upper hand over Danny in my favorite people to root for rankings just solely because Danny has one. So is Troy to be fair, but I guess Amber has one too, but Tori just won, like just won a, a minute ago, a week ago in our minds, two weeks ago, whatever it was. And so slight edge to Troy and Amber, although I would love to see Danny and Tori win as well, but Troy and Amber, the only thing holding them back is I don't know how Troy does with math. And if a math equation comes up, we know Amber's going to look to her partner on that one. Totally fair. Don't know if Troy's going to be looking back with a, like, yeah, I got this. I'm really good at math. Or uh, "Mm, you're looking at me. I was kind of looking at you. So we'll see how that goes. And just size-wise, there are a couple eliminations that could come up, like we saw with Amber last season, where it's like, dude, she's super strong for her size, but she still is a small, you know, athletic runner. So if you get a pure, only thing that matters in this elimination is size and strength. She could get knocked out. Troy is in that same build. So there is some things that could knock them out, but I really love them. I just love them as individuals and people. I love that they're on a team and I'm really pulling for them. The other team that I think is sneaky in a big, big way is Emily and Yes. Uh, what a perfect pairing. What a perfect pairing for Emily in particular to go from last season where never partnered together, uh, but uh, you know, end up dating and now present day fiance. I believe they got engaged recently. Uh, Emily and Ryan guy everyone in that house hated seems like allegedly for very good reason. Now she's partnered with. Yes. The guy who TJ said is the greatest human to ever play the challenge. She's going to be kind of the bad cop. He's going to be kind of the good cop. She's willing to get her hands dirty, which he needs someone who's going to be willing to make some cutthroat decisions. She needs someone who's going to actually be able to make friends and keep the positive vibe and just their mix of athleticism and smarts that team look out for them. As for the teams, I would say, you know, good luck. Don't know that we're going to see you for very long. Jujuy, Nelson, Rodrigo, Naya, Benhan, Jody, Tristan, and Kellyanne, as it kind of plays out this episode, I think those ones uh, aren't around for the long haul. So those are your teams. That was your draft. Let's jump into the rest of the episode. We then, everything else we could cover kind of as one big conglomerate segment here of the Daily Challenges and the, the Daily Challenge 1. In the alliances that then start to form and the, the dramatics of the house. Starting with the daily, it's a really well thought out daily challenge. I loved it. I thought this was masterful, well executed, well planned, everything about it good. Being fast has you know matters to get the first pick of the rope and puzzle. Being strong matters to get the first pick of rope and/or puzzle. But ultimately, if you could figure out a puzzle under pressure. In the desert, you can do well in this challenge. It's just a perfect mix of like this mostly comes down to the puzzle part, but it gives that little advantage to those with the athletic advantages. I think that's a, a just absolutely brilliant and perfect daily challenge. So well, well done. Plus, it looks great, though the kind of whitish sand dunes that they're in, everything about it just looks really great visually. Is a real well-constructed and fun daily challenge. All the puzzles looked hard. This whole idea that the furthest out's easy and the closest is hard. They all looked hard to me. I thought when they said that, that like the furthest out would just be a straight up square. It would be like, hey, if you're willing to drag it all the way out there, you don't even have to do a puzzle. You can just put it in a square and keep it on moving. Um, But as we see, it's either strategy could be the winning strategy because Grant and John A, they get the last choice of puzzle, meaning they have to do the hardest possible one. They end up being first done. Jordan and Kaz go the other route of like, hey, we're both strong. We can drag this thing. Let's take the furthest away puzzle, the easiest. That works out too. They end up getting second just by a moment. Love Jordan yelling at John A, uh, even though they weren't going to actually catch them just to kind of scare her into finishing off that run up the hill just as fast as she could. But so either strategy would have worked. It really comes down to just who can do a puzzle or not. And again, a good mixture of everything. Other teams that do well, Casey and Ben and Emily, and yes, got to just put on the radar, those two teams do stand out along with Jordan and Kaz and Grant and John A, uh, and the winner in second place, they're third and fourth, and there's a little bit of a gap between those first four teams and then the next big group that all comes together, Tristan and Kellyanne, Nelson and Jujuy, this maze was not meant for you, my friends, uh, very much on the struggle, bus. Kellyanne and Tristan, at least eventually do get it done. I don't know how long if Nelson and Jujuy were left out there. I I I I worry at how long it might have eventually taken. Those two are just so wonderful. I love how everyone's like, you know, they're they're the super positive, fun loving. They're always gonna be laughing. They're always gonna be in good spirits, but not a lot might be getting done when it's in the realm of puzzles or communication. And I just, I love the two of them and I'm going to soak up every moment we have with them because I don't know that there are going to be many moments that we have with them. Wes, then we move to the house. Uh, So we get our winners. We get our losers. Grant, John, A., Nelson, and Jujuy. We move to the house and Wes is immediately looked at as the one who can save other legends already. This was a prediction I made and it's already coming true. And it was a pretty obvious one that is just playing out immediately that, You know, we get Jody and we get Kellyanne that both immediately like the person we can go to in this house of the legends is Wes to try to build something we know is going to give us some form of an honest assessment of where he stands or where he sees the game standing. And if he doesn't, we'll kind of know that'll tell us where he stands. He's looked at as the one who can help out. And Jody and Kellyanne both have conversations with him. Jody's conversation is smart, productive, understanding. Uh, you know, there's no deals or anything made. There's no guarantees of you're this, you're that to me. But it's just a productive, smart, and ultimately understanding conversation. Kellyanne's and Wes's is not so much, which leads to then Kellyanne kind of spiraling a bit. And this again, it may be tricky editing. That it always could be of you know they get one person in the elimination or in the confessional booth bananas saying like you know a little paranoia spiral and then they show her talking to you know four or five different groups of people in quick succession everyone might have talked to four or five different groups of people there's all conversations happening at all hours they might have just edited that together to make the story they want to make but it also just the the way the conversations that we see are it also might be pretty accurate on this instance of it. More on her in a moment. Sarah, while not really much presence this episode from her, we get zero confessionals from her, but we do get one little moment that is worth pointing out. This woman is vicious, man. She is a mob boss in the challenge house. She protects her own and is all about cutting the throats of anyone who even gives the slightest indication that they might be against her, which is what happens here. Tori, is in one of the conversations with Kellyanne, where Kellyanne's just frantically like, any legend, please tell me something to do. And they're all like, I don't want to say anything. Kellyanne, tell us what you want us to do. And she's like, I don't know. Maybe maybe the Challenge USA people. Maybe them. Maybe them. That's a good... They're pretty tight-knit. Maybe we go for one of them. And then someone in the room's like, well, Tori's with Danny, though. And things are awkward for a second. And then Tori goes and tells Danny... And Sarah, and I forget who else is, maybe Emily is sitting there as well. Hey, like, you know, I don't know what's going down. All I know is Kellyanne's freaking out a little bit, and she did mention USA. She doesn't, Tori doesn't be like, hey, Sarah, Kellyanne says she wants you out, very specifically you, or me and Danny specifically out, or anything. She does a pretty accurate job of just saying, like, Kellyanne made more or less an offhand comment about Maybe USA? Why not USA? And Sarah immediately, immediately responds to that with, "Well, she has to go. Then she's if she's if anyone says they're against us or against the people I'm with, then they have to go. And she needs to be the next one out. It's a done deal. That's who we're voting for. It's just like, whoa, okay, um, yeah. It's just a little over the top. It's a little, it's a little quick. It's not a lot of info to work off of to immediately decide. You know, she's an enemy of the state. She must go. But." I love it. And uh, even though we only get that little tiny moment, it's a lot to tell us that, you know, the season's heading in a great direction as far as Sarah leading the kind of like bad guys, villainy-esque alliance versus whatever ends up being on the other side of that. So love that. Yes, then leads the deliberation, which was a big moment. I was very surprised he's the first to talk Um, while he is very, you know, pacifistic and like kind hearted and why he is voting for the teams he is and tries to, you know, be his typical. Yes, it is a big deal that he's willing to step up and be like, I'll be the first one to talk at the first deliberation. And I'll say names first. Like that's not a position that we normally would see him in. So I liked that. And it was just worth pointing out pretty clean sweep. Then Kelly and Tristan Jody and Benha. ha uh, Jody is right to ask why it's her and Benha instead of Naya and Rodrigo. To force, you know, at least force people to admit it's because you're more of a threat than Naya and Rodrigo are. And so if we're going to do the Argentina thing, like, we'll go with the better of the two teams first. I would make people admit that if I was her, because I think that's exactly what is happening here. And then we get to Kellyanne and John A. at the end of the episode. Kellyanne and John A., they're friends. But there is... Seeming to be some jealousy over what has happened in recent seasons on All Stars. And John A kind of mentions that, you know, things we're still good friends outside of the game. Like, I really like her. We're legitimate friends. We stay in touch. We've hung out, this, that, and the other. But there is this weird energy in recent years since those two shows. And then Kellyanne kind of subtly. Admits as much when she says something to the effect of, you know, and you've won the last two All Stars, and we tied on the first All Stars in that final. And the way she says it definitely comes off to me like she's like, and there should have been a female winner of All Stars one, which would have been me. And then maybe I'm in your shoes, and this roles are reversed. I'm the one who like made this new name for myself in All Stars. It feels like she kind of views possibly, and it would make total sense if this was the case. I personally, if I was in her shoes, Would have these thoughts and have to overcome the type of thoughts of, man, John A really like rose to prominence in the challenge house from like a lovable person to like a multi time champion. I thought that would have been me. I went into all stars thinking that would be me. I thought I could win those. I thought I should be the one that like had those moments that John A has. It would totally make sense to have those thoughts and have to overcome that type of thinking and, you know, get to a more positive version of that and whatever. Um, so I totally get it. And it feels like with some of the comments and just the overall vibe of the interactions and attitude here, that there is a lot of that, that needs worked through. They give us the full conversation though, which is what I love. I said earlier, you know, they give us, they don't, they don't rush to an elimination. They let us actually soak in like, here is this elongated conversation these two women have. And then here's the two of them sitting on beds, kind of just staring at each other for a couple of minutes. Like we're not going to, we're not going to cut out any of this. We're going to, we're going to give you as much of this. We're going to give you as much of the buildup to it. All the different conversations Kellyanne has. They give us a ton from the house and from this whole second half of the episode, once they're back in the house. And I really, really appreciate that. And it's really good. It makes the episode really fun and interesting and entertaining. And another, just thank you to production for that. The episode ends with Kelly and basically holding their friendship hostage, uh, which you love to see. You hate to see, you hate to see for the actual friendship, but you love to see as far as entertaining television goes Uh back to back seasons. Now, if you count challenge UK as the last one that I watched and maybe some of you watched where friendship was held hostage in a very fun loving way by Nathan towards Kaz, this one, not as much fun loving. I don't think that if John a throws Kellyanne in and then she wins and comes back, that she's going to be as quick to be like, yeah, I didn't, uh, none of that fucking mattered. I love you the way Nathan was to Kaz. I think it's going to be a real deal breaker for Kellyanne, which we'll end on this. Why is this so hard for John A? Of all, I know that Kellyanne is having a tough time here, that maybe you see how she's acting and you're like, you know, that's politically toxic in a challenge house and you want to distance yourself from it. But why Why is this so hard again? Why can't John A just be like, yeah, it's fine. I'm going to vote in Jody and Benha and I'm going to use the like, you know, we're just getting rid of the Argentina team. That's an excuse I'm going to say they're a real threat. I view that, you know, Tristan has been last two times in a row. Kellyanne wasn't doing so good. I know I can beat her in a puzzle. You can use that as like they're more of a threat, so we're going with them. You can use, hey, Grant wants to throw them in. I, I let Grant make this call. You know, uh, it was a tough one for me. Kellyanne's my friend. I didn't really want to vote for her. Grant was cool, voting for them. That's what we did. Or just flat out say, Kellyanne's my friend, and I'm not voting for. Her. And you guys knew this when you put them up. So Jody and Benha, this isn't me. This is this is a, everyone else made this decision and knew the position they were putting me in. And that's the you you have excuses four or five times over. It's easy. Why why does this have to be so hard? Other than I think John A does understand how to make good television, and maybe went into like, we're going to have a conversation and they'll film it and it'll be a scene on the show and that'll be really good. And then it went the way that it did. And maybe that started planting seeds in her head of, you know what? Maybe I don't want, maybe it'd be fine if you weren't here tomorrow. Maybe that'd be better for my game and for my fun that I could possibly have in this house. To the awards we go. And uh, unfortunately in the best quote award category, there really wasn't any nominees, and I didn't want to not give an award out for the best quote, but come on, legends and all-stars and MVPs, pick it up a little bit here on the quote department. If I if I just had to find something that was at least in the notes that was noteworthy that I did write down, it would be Kellyanne kind of ending the episode with, until you tell me you're not my friend, the actual threat of friendship there, so... Shout out Kellyanne. I'll give I'll give her the quote of the week for for that hostage holding friendship hostage holding uh, speech and monologue in the tail end of it. There, the until you tell me you're not my friend. Best moment of the episode. Five nominees. Lots of them. Great episode overall. Really enjoyed it as we've discussed. Number one. Number one draft pick, John A, the draft in general, but specifically John A being the first draft pick and just how fun and enjoyable that was and how wild it was to look back and see the journey it took to get us to where it feels totally correct that John A is the number one draft pick in a season of this format. Second uh, second moment then. Bananas and Justine's introductory meeting slash confessional confessional they they you know go in and they have a meeting in one of the bedrooms they intersperse that meeting with a confessional between the two uh, with the two of them bananas makes it super awkward Justine does her best to you know laugh off the jokes that maybe in her head is like dude fucking come on on already with it like don't even think there's going to be any romantic element to any of this but then she kind of plays along with the jokes that I'm getting hot comments uh the whole thing so it it's funny uh to some degree and it's interesting to a much higher degree and it's a definite nominee for the moment of the episode and then I also love at the end of that that or is it Danny Danny walks in is like yo Justine what the hell I said you could have a glass of wine and you take the whole bottle of wine. What the hell? I love love that Danny's just walking around. So just having a good time of like, hey, where's my wine? I need the bottle of wine at all times. I liked that. So that whole moment. Third nominee, Wes and Zara's strategy session. Wes's school of strategy in session. I liked the little sit down between them. Wes is in absolute challenge heaven here. He has an awesome partner who can do all of the things that he himself says are the reason the way you win most notably just running and she also wants and is willing to be like you take the lead you tell me what to do we're working on wes's schedule i am your pupil i'm all in on the mentor mentee situation he had this once before with d on war of the worlds it was very effective for him and ultimately was pretty effective for her as well and now he has it in in spades here again. And they are the team to be on the watch for. And Wes is an absolute challenge heaven. And I enjoyed the little moment between them. And I I appreciate that Wes points out, hey, all these people are going to work out in all these ways to continue trying to look good for cameras. None of it matters. The only single thing you can do, possibly do to improve your chances while here, now that we're already here, is just run every day and get better at running. You can get a little bit better at running while we're here. And that's the only thing that could matter. It's very true. It's very, very true. Fourth one, Bananas and Wes and Theo in the room making jokes. Bananas asked Theo, yo, could you ever vote for Kaz, your ex, the way uh, Wes just voted for his ex, Kellyanne? And then Theo comes back with the, well, no, I'm not a scumbag like Wes, so I, of course, never could do Do such a thing? I would never do such a thing, no matter how long it's been. Wes is, you know, hands over the face. That moment, I love those moments. Those are the moments we all love around the house. I'm just shooting the shit, having fun, making little jokes, just hanging out. Those those work. Show us more of those. Liked that one, and then fifth and finally the conversation at the end between Kellyanne and John A, which is obviously the moment of the episode. It's icy. It's cold. It's entertaining. It's interesting, and a friendship is held hostage, and that's always good television, even if it. Makes me sad for the friendship that is actually being held hostage for real. It seems in this moment. Episode MVP, fifth place, bananas. Fourth place, West. Third place, Benha. Second place, John A. First place, Kellyanne. No surprises there. Kellyanne is dealing in this episode just as she was in the first. And I hope she's a. I hope if if voted in, she's winning that elimination and around for a while longer because we're gonna get so much quality entertainment from Kellyanne. Much appreciate to her the MVP of episode two and finally to update our predictions so again we learned all the teams and we made predictions at the end of last episode but in case you skipped off of that didn't want to have the teams excuse me the teams ruined for you which i did have one thing incorrect i thought ben how would take Naya over jody and jody would then be with rodrigo so i had that one flipped around but the finalist picks i made then now that we knew the teams post episode 1 were Zara and Wes, Kaz and Jordan, Sarah and Theo, Ben and Casey, Troy and Amber. I think those will be your five finalists. I think Kaz and Jordan will get third. Sarah and Theo will get second. Zara and Wes will get first. After another episode now of seeing the alliances form, see how they work together for the first time, I feel great about my selections. For next week's episode, predictions. First one, Grant and John A vote in Jody and Ben Ha. I just don't know why they wouldn't. It doesn't make sense. Um, maybe they just really don't want to be around Kellyanne's energy, but I, I I think that's the way it goes. And this was all for show and entertainment and I'll take it. Second one, Jody and Ben Ha then win that elimination. Third one, Theo and Sarah win the daily challenge. Those are your predictions for the next episode. I'm really, again, usually my predictions are just hopes, wishes, and this is exactly how I hope it goes down in the next episode because I want Theo and Sarah uh, to win multiple daily challenges. I would like that team to have power because I think they're the most interesting team to watch have power in the house on and off again. And so, uh, yeah, I hope that starts in earnest next week. So with that, we've covered episode one. We've covered episode two. We are all through the premiere week of the Challenge World Championships. We've got 10 more episodes to go. I believe it's a 12-episode season. I think that's what I've been told or seen somewhere. So we will be back next week with world championships, episode three, midday Wednesday, those will be out. We are here this Saturday with page over on the most likely to podcast feed, talking all things survivor. So tune into that. If you're watching survivor as always challenge historian on Instagram, DMS are open content doesn't come out, but I do read and respond to DMS and talk lots with lots of fans out there about the challenge questions, comments, concerns, feedback for the pod. Anything you got hit me up over there. And as always, hit that follow, subscribe button. Much appreciate that. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for being such loyal listeners. I love and appreciate every single one of you. Until we talk again, peace.
0: Black voices are making an impact this month and beyond. Keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. There's a lot of misinformation out there, but the truth remains indisputable. I'm Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and every day, I'll be bringing you a full dose of truth on my show, Indisputable. We cover criminal justice, social justice, politics, racism, police brutality, and everything in between. I even make space for conservative voices, but not before they step into the bullpen, where I debate them on their policy agenda. In January, I hosted They Called Him Radical, a special tribute to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It features myself, Senator Nina Turner, Ricky Smiley, and Sharon Reed. Together, we reflected on Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy, his real legacy, and considered what we can all do to continue to fight for a better world. Listen to Indisputable and They Called Him Radical on Apple Podcasts.
1: ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.COM